Over 3 million businesses use Indeed.com for hiring. Five times more hires are made through Indeed than any other job site. By creating the easiest, most effective hiring experience, we help businesses find great new people every day. Right now, we're giving new users a $50 credit to post a sponsored job on the world's number one job site. Claim your $50 credit at Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Hey, I get a chance to travel around the country, and today I'm in California visiting with the CEO of California Pizza Kitchen. He arrived from the Netherlands at the age of five, and he had to work hard to learn English and fit in. Now, he started his career at the Shenandoah Valley Poultry Company, where he went from a trainee to general manager minority owner of the company in just eight years. He became president of Al Copeland Investments, which had food processing plants, restaurant concepts, hotels, gaming, and entertainment venues. He took the restaurant division and spearheaded the acquisition of the Improv Comedy Club and increased the annual earnings sevenfold and revenue by 100%. And then became the CEO of the Texas Roadhouse, where he led the company through a decade of unprecedented growth, increasing revenues from $63 million to more than a billion from over 350 restaurants. So I sit down with GJ to talk to him at my C-Suite Network Conference in California to find out his recipe for success and maybe even for pizza and while we're doing it i'm going to sit down here grab a cup of duncan coffee because you know when i'm eating my pizza i like to have a little duncan because america runs on duncan and this show does too so join me on all business with jeffrey hazlett welcome gj hart you're listening to all business with jeffrey hazlett brought to you by fortinet let me see if we can give a little bit of a history on you you were actually born in the Netherlands. Correct. Yeah. You and your family migrated over here to Virginia. No, actually, was it? We, no, we actually oh. settled in New Jersey at first. Um, and a lot of people probably wouldn't understand this, but my parents came here in 1963 for freedom. You know, my mom was a, was a prisoner of war of the Japanese all during the war. She was born in Indonesia. My dad ran the Dutch underground. And their dream when they, when they were when they met and married was to come to America for freedom. Came to New Jersey, but settled in Virginia after a couple of years. How did you get into the food business? Being a product of parents of uh, not great means, uh, I had to start working at a very early age. Yeah. So one of my first positions was a dishwasher and busboy at Howard Johnson's. Really? Most people probably don't remember Howard I'm, Johnson's. Howard Johnson used to go there every Friday night for fried clams, all you could eat. Yeah, my dad loved that place. I cooked a few fried clams on my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then I actually, being in the in Virginia, in the Shenandoah Valley, I had the opportunity because I had to work to get through school. I started working in poultry plants, hanging turkeys, and did every job in a poultry plant you can think about. That's start. a tough job. Yeah. So, sort of combining that Howard Johnson's experience with the food manufacturing business, and it's evolved to where I've been in the food business all my career. How did you get to Texas Roadhouse? 
Well, actually, my, my partner there, he founded Texas Roadhouse, mm -hmm. and I met through an organization, Young President's Organization. Oh, IPO. And I was running an organization down in New Orleans for the founder of Popeyes, running mm -hmm. all his businesses, and I uh, had done that for quite a while. I'm perfectly happy. It was a certainly a challenging time, and he was uh, very young at Texas Roadhouse, and unbeknownst to me, he, he we hit it off. Well, we hit it off, but unbeknownst to me, he was looking for someone to partner with, and as luck would have it, we ran into each other just six months later, and and he approached me and said, would you have any interest? And of course, you know, I said, sure. And uh, at the time, you know, it was like from where I was, it was a big step backwards for the future. And that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. Sometimes you have to take a step back in order to get the step forward. Isn't that right? No question about that. And have you, you've done that a couple different times, right? I have. You know, yeah. there's no, you know, they always say nothing risks, nothing gained. And, you know, sort of that's that's what life's about. And it's about a challenge. So talk to, and when you're at Texas Roadhouse, it, you know, from 63 million to a billion. Mm -hmm. And talk to me about that evolution of how that happened. I know we're, we're, I really want to get into California Pizza Kitchen. Sure. So I don't want to spend too much time there, but you know, but, but I, think you, I think we have to understand history. You, you don't get to one place without really paying your dues somewhere else and you paid some dues there. Right? Yeah, so, well, at Texas Roadhouse, it starts with its culture and people. And one of the things we started early on was, a process where every single person in the organization had a voice. It's something I'm a firm believer of, um, and it worked very well, as well as having a real stake in the business. So mm -hmm. uh, our managing partners at Texas Roadhouse put skin in the game. They had to write a check to be able to work for the company and have the right to, to run a particular restaurant. So when you start with that as a premise, that when people feel that sense of ownership and pride, it makes a huge difference. So that's sort of first and foremost. But, but not everybody has that. Not every restaurant chain is is like that. There's right. a lot of our franchises, you know, we do know that. But when you look at more of a corporate-owned kind of operation, or not, Chick-fil-A is like that, I believe. They are. Yeah. So yeah, they all have different variations. We've implemented something very similar in at California Pizza Kitchen. The difficulty is once a company has, has sort of hit the ground running with numbers of units, to go back and build a managing partner program is more difficult. It's really tough. It's, it's, it is. And so uh, it, ours is a hybrid at California Pizza Kitchen. Uh, but it's worked. And, mm -hmm. and the second part of the equation is having a great food with great execution and, and a really great hospitality. At the end of the day, the restaurant that's what the restaurant business is. It's good food and good people. That's, that's all it is. I describe it so many times as, you know, it's you want people to know your name and, and at the end of the day, people come back for a place that they feel comfortable. And how did you get to California Pizza Kitchen? That's an interesting story because uh, I was perfectly happy as CEO of Texas Roadhouse. So, uh, public company, we were yeah. doing great things. The company continues to do great things. Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm very proud of that fact, and and uh, I was at a point in my life in my early 50s, and and you know sometimes things just happen, and, mm -hmm. and they happen, and you have to sort of take the signals or read the tea leaves, and it was one of those things where I was itching, like okay, we're doing great things, and I'm sort of constantly challenging myself, what's left for me, what else can I do, and what else can I learn. And so, as luck would have it, I had a call from someone who's known me for over 25 years in the business and said, I know you love the company you're at, but you need to just hear this opportunity. And when I heard about it, I first said, well, I'm not interested at all. However, the company I've always admired for California Pizza Kitchen for what it had done and how it had evolved and, and really where it had become, even though I had watched it um, become much more risk averse over the, in the mid-2000s. And so I said, well, you know, tell me more. 
And then I said, well, you know, I'm really not interested. And she said, well, would you do, just do me a favor, meet the, the partner at the private equity firm that's going to acquire the company. And I said, sure, I'll do that. But, you know, I'm busy. He came to Louisville, Kentucky, and we had a dinner. And we hit it off from the very beginning. So uh, what was interesting is that, you know, in the private equity world, they, you know, there's certainly lots of people have different opinions. Right. I found them to be very grounded, very people-oriented, and, and they've held true to that uh, since I've been there. So and, who makes that call to you, G.J.? Um, could I... You know, that's what we like to do here on the show is be able to understand the, how things, you know, kind of pick it apart. Who, who makes that call to Well, this particular uh, woman owns her own recruiting firm, mm -hmm. very large in the restaurant space. and So well-established, well-known. You've very known well her for a bit. Yeah. I've known her for a And I trust her. And uh, so when she said, listen, you need to trust Pay attention. Me. <laughs> Pay attention. I said, okay. So, yeah. you know, and, and then the, the truth of the matter is it was, it was, a, it was a, a very uh, interesting decision for me moving to California from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, now, the end of the story is that my wife is from Southern California, so she had a little bit of a say around that helps. what happened. But uh, knowing well, it Louisville, was Louisville, I mean, I used to live out that way too. <laughs> and then in, in Southern California, boom, yeah, it's a, a lot of food businesses in the Louisville area. A lot of restaurant companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. That's what I mean, yeah. restaurant. Yeah. I, I apologize. Is that because of, of, of the. I would say yum and, and that group and it's yeah. really spawned that industry of there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a big yeah, part of that's it. That's right. What so when so the private equity, you get the call, all right? And they they have a plan, they have a thought. And of course they want input from you as well, because you know, not everybody has all the answers. Did how did that conversation go? Well, evidently pretty well because you're here now. Yeah, well the, the the conversation didn't really start out about California Pizza Kitchen. It started mm -hmm. out about building a relationship, which is what any good business situation is about is relationships. So, right. so that we hit it off, and then we got into talking about California pizza. Who's the, uh, then? Who's the firm that we're talking? Yeah, Golden Gate Capital yeah. in San Francisco, and they've done some amazing things. Mm -hmm. You didn't know these guys. Mm -mm. Pick up the phone. You know, you meet. Dinner, start with dinner. Right. Was that pretty much what That's it was? That's right. And then from dinner, what was the time span of from the time in which you got the call to the dinner? And then what was the, the dinner conversation to, I'm going to be It was a couple months. I, 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 that's what I figured. But yeah, a couple I just, months. So that's a fairly short decision make to make that like, boom, we're gone, we're moving. I love this place, but I'm going to go love this place more. It was a, yes. So what are the motivating factors for you when you look to do that? It's an upheaval. It's a change. I'm sure that the gut was yep. moving a little bit, right? Yep. I mean, you're a pretty confident guy. We've talked on the phone. We've backstage you. We can sum one another up pretty quick, <laughs> right? But but it, it had to have some of those moments where you're just sitting there going. The oh shit moments? Yeah, oh yeah, shit. No, yeah, no what question. have I done? What have I done? Yeah, well, um, for sure, once making the decision, it was let's, let's go. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a tough point. You know, think about it. You're in a position where you're perfectly happy. You feel such a sense of pride about building an organization. And then you're going to go to something that needs help and work and transformation and a whole new place, up, you know, the whole family situation. In fact, you know, my, our life was pretty well set. In Louisville, we had a place. We just finished the home in, you know, Naples, Florida. We figured out what we were going to do and how we were going to make life work. And, and uh, it, was, it was a tough decision. But, you know, a couple things. It, it, number one, it was a real challenge for me. Number two, it was an opportunity to co-invest alongside the private equity guys, so have a real sense of ownership of right. the company. So you took some the earnings that you had done at your previous operations and said, here's, because they asked you for money yet. 
I mean, they, I mean, they don't always, but typically they ask you for money in. Well, I think if, if you're going to run a, an organization, then you need to have some skin in the game. So, right. so as we did at Texas Roadhouse. And, um, some well, uh, did you put all of your money in? Or no. Did you, okay. No. But you do put some. Yep. Significant. Enough where it hurts. Remember, I'm a little bit older now, so I'm not, you know, yeah. so young. Okay. That's, a, but that's okay. That's a fair thing to know. But I think folks here are doing the same kind of thing, and those that are watching on the show are looking at some more kind of decisions. Right. So you, you get... What's the first action that you take at California Pizza Kitchen? Because that was a publicly traded company at the time, right? It was public, and then when Golden Gate acquired the company, it was taken private. Okay. It's was a that, private company today. And was that private prior to you take, stepping in? Was it already private? Just, it, it was just like a one-two punch, Yeah, it was that? a transaction happened this sort of in the end of July. I came in and sort of towards the end of August mm -hmm. of that year. So yes, it had just, they finished the transaction, it was a private entity. And so when you had that last call with those guys back in, let's say June or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and you said yes, and you start in August, what are you doing now? You were thinking about what's my 90-day plan or what, what was the plan that you wanted to put in place that you thought you had to do? And did you already think through those things before you got there? Um, you know, I, I certainly had had an opportunity to review what the thesis was that Golden Gate had acquired the company in the terms of such, mm -hmm. and what was the possibility of making those things happen. What was the current situation? I sort of understood based on their assessment. Uh, as anything, once you walk in, it's never quite what you uh, think it is walking in the door, which it wasn't. It, it's always different. It's, yes. Um, so I certainly had some ideas of what needed to get done. Mm -hmm. But be very candid. Remember, I loved the company I was at, so I wanted to make sure I did that as professional and as up, you know, running a public company and and having a lot of success. So I wanted to make sure I did that right as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, basically up until the day that I had announced to to my partner and to the board that I was going to be leaving. You know, I, I certainly gave it 100% in what I was doing. And, and in the meantime, you know, sort of the after hours is, okay, what's the challenge here? What do, what do I need to be thinking about? Did you have any, any time from when you stepped down at, at uh, the other um, Texas Roadhouse? Did you take a week or two? Or? So what's really funny is we're sitting in the Ritz-Carlton and Marina Del Rey. Mm -hmm. This is uh, where I flew. On the day that I resigned, I, I had to go through all that. Uh, as a public company, I left that day, um, and I actually flew out here that night. And I stayed in this hotel to have a 7 o'clock meeting to meet the team for the first time here in this hotel. The very next day. So, no, there was no time at all. In fact, it was, you know, it was sort of this high, low, high, low. Because um, you can imagine leaving a company that so many people that I'd worked with for so long and recruited there to, to walking in the door to people that were wondering, who the heck is this guy and what's he going to do? Okay. Um, it, was, it was challenging times. I'm going to ask you about your first day because I, I, I always find it interesting the first day you take a company. Don Lowe's, uh, chairman of Franchise Services, sitting out in the audience. And I remember the day that he took over at Pip Printing happened to be Halloween. And he drove from down south here in Orange County up to Agora Hills to meet with that new team. And uh, nobody had told them, and they were all dressed up in Halloween costumes. So he met three witches, a hooker, and, uh, and I, believe, I believe his CFO was dressed as a, uh, as a criminal. So I thought that was interesting as well. So it was uh, funny. So what was, what was that first day like? You, 7, 7 a.m.? So did you call a 7 a.m. meeting because you wanted to get everybody's attention? 
No, actually, it was it was prearranged. Uh, we wanted to do it early with the senior team, mm -hmm. so I had an opportunity to meet them before we uh, before I was introduced to the rest of the company. Had you met any of them before that time period? No. No. Did you have a? I mean, I got a little dossier on you and everybody else. Them do. Did you have a little bit of that? I, I certainly had a background on, on all the folks. Right. Um, and you probably had met one or two maybe before uh, at, at some industry event, casually yes. or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But certainly wasn't familiar with uh, um, them in any great de detail. Now, 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 mind you, there were people. This is this is going to this is our 30th anniversary, or will be next year. And uh, many of these folks have been with the company a long time. A long, long time. A long, long time. So what's I want to get into the operations set now, if I may, uh, with you. This, it's been very intriguing so far. Does it limit you to have pizza as your middle name? I mean, it's California Pizza Kitchen. Is that what is that it? Or because it seems like to me the, the menu is a pretty broad menu. Yes, indeed, the menu is very varied, and and it has been. And in fact, um, pizzas represent less than one third of the entrees sold at California Pizza Kitchen. What's the biggest? Um, well, it's still today is the barbecue chicken pizza, barbecue chicken salad. One and two. Those are good. Um, and at the end of the day, when the, the, if you think about 1985, putting barbecue and chicken on a pizza was certainly um, revolutionary. Yeah, and today yeah. it's like no big deal. But yeah. so having pizza in its middle name was certainly okay at that point in time. And if you really, the truth be known, CPK was was really that acronym became the way it was as a result of guests sort of taking it from California Pizza Kitchen. Yeah. Now, as we've broadened our menu even more in our transformational work, which today we have a ribeye steak, we have a hearth-baked Aleutian halibut, we've got salmon, things like that, um, it becomes a little bit challenging around the name. Um, not so much in the U.S. because people know us. In international markets, it's certainly a challenge. So is, are you going to then migrate from California Pizza Kitchen to CPK? Because that seems to be a natural kind of thing. No. We, uh, we're going to stick with California Pizza Kitchen. It is the brand equity. There is a tremendous amount of name recognition around it. And again, our business model is one where let's give you a great experience and you tell someone else about it. We're not a big marketing machine that way. It's all driven locally in those communities. So we believe that the name is just fine because mm -hmm. the equity is still positive to our guests and even our lapsed guests. But you, you seem to be doing a bit of a refresh. Now, with the with the locations, the the look, the feel, is that right? We like to call it a reimagination of California Pizza Kitchen. And the very thing that I wanted to understand was what's the heart and soul of the organization that's propelled it mm -hmm. to the success that it had in the 80s and the 90s. And really, if you think about that, is barbecue and chicken on a pizza, daring to be different, first to market, being innovative, being creative, and not really caring and following suit to what other folks were doing. Well, but then, but I would say that happened for a while, and then it flattened out, right? Well, and now here you're here. So right. that you got to bring that back. Sure. I'll, so understanding what that was. Right. The creativity around the organization. How do we take that and make it relevant? You're not to talking about just the food. You're talking about everything. Every part, with the yeah. look, the feel, the hospitality model, to the food, to the beverage platform. Everything around the company. And how do you make that relevant? So how and, did they? So how did they lose that piece? Of so. I would say, I like to call it the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the 2000s, the company had gone through multiple ownerships. In fact, PepsiCo owned the company at one point in time. It was private equity owned, and it was a public company. So it's gone through a lot of ebbs and flows. And mm -hmm. the founders had done a terrific job in creating what, what was, and had been back several times. And, I, and, and in, in the mid-2000s, a couple things happened. One is the, the, the organization started to become what I like to say is much more risk averse as a public company. It's about growth, earnings growth, and unit growth. 
growth and comp store sales. And so they started to figure out, okay, let's try to take the, the path of least resistance. This is my opinion. And in doing so, you had a bunch of other things happen. You had the startup of Quick Casual, the Chipotles, the Paneros, at a lunch day part, that was a real hit. And how do you react to that? And there wasn't a lot of reaction at that point in time. At the same time, you've had the other, the, 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 the real estate locations where we were, you had the Cheesecake Factories, P.F. Chang's, B.J.'s, all these other folks starting to really evolve. And then that was at the sort of dinner piece. Then you layer in a major recession in 2008. Um, and you've got a time when it had become much more of a, fo a follower of what other companies were doing. And the menu had migrated to that. And the menu had grown from the historic uh, numbers of sort of 50 items to over 100 items, which relate to execution and creating consistency and great execution is hard when you double the size of the menu. So you had all those things happening at once, and it sort of, it really hurt the organization. Mm -hmm. And so growth was stymied in all those challenges. So you're bringing it back to the heritage and soul and looking at it, this is a great brand. It has great brand equity. How do you bring that innovation, daring to be different, being unique, imagine, imagine being first to market it back to the company, and that's really what we're trying to do. So, so do you have some of those in the back of your mind, like, we're going to go do this and and look out. You have a couple of those moments. Oh yeah, we're we're doing it now. Want to share? Give them? You a, like, sure. Right. You know, one of the first things was is pizza is in our middle name. Mm -hmm. So let's be proud of the fact that we're we we put California style pizza on the map. So what are we going to do to take that back? So don't run from it. Run to it. We run to it. And then and scream about it. That's right. right. So today we've gone back to hand tossing every single pizza in our company. Really? It was not the case. And now what we've done is put our money where our mouth is. So every what we're our goal is to have every cook that makes pizzas in our company be certified to a certified pizza chef program that we've got in place. They compete um, around who, who's the best certified pizza chef. They get they have to go through a series of, of modules to be able to get certified. And when they compete, they ultimately can uh, get to our annual operators conference and compete as the best certified pizza chef. And the ultimate winner gets $25,000 net cash, as well as their unique pizza on their menu in their restaurant. And so get, some of the other like things, Charlie's Pizza or whatever, might right. mean, if Charlie they name it, etc. Yeah. In addition to that, they have their name on the oven. Who came up with that idea? Um, well, I would say that's one I did come up with. I don't. No, I, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm not yeah. trying to flatter you. I'm just yeah. saying that's pretty cool. I think that's yeah. pretty neat. That you, you said there's two pieces. You, you you said early on, you have to have the food and you have to have the people. So is that that seems to be one of the ideas that actually combines both, right? It does. It so does. what else are you doing around the the people side? That's just one example of uh, owning pizza. We've gone back and taken a look at our whole menu and how do we create innovation around that menu, and we're doing that through bringing seasonal items like Brussels sprouts, you know, you either love them or hate them, but yet They're we have Brussels sprouts and bacon caramelized onion pizza as an example. You never have George Bush in there, but they're or, good. Brussels or a mushroom pizza that instead of having, you know, uh, one mushroom, it's five mushrooms with mm -hmm. white truffle oil, uh, things that are somewhat unique and different. And they have this California twist. All the research tells us that our guests expect a twist from California Pizza Kitchen, which is that uniqueness around California creativity. Does that mean more that tofu bag. or something? Well, we, we don't have tofu today, but yeah, don't do be, that. Don't you know, do that. No, listen, it, it, there's all parts around innovation that yeah. we can bring to the market. And then, what can we do to bring other items to the market? And quite frankly, provide our guests uh, some opportunity to try new things, but in addition to eliminate some of that veto vote. So, have you, 
you got two pieces of, 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 the, of the menu that you got lunch and you got dinner, but a real you know, piece that I see during the day is breakfast. Are you looking at doing to the, we, expanding to breakfast? A lot of groups are. Yeah. Well, we, we, ha we do it limited in some of our mall locations around holidays. Oh, we'll do brunch, okay. things like that. We have some breakfast pizzas for sure. Um, it is not something, first we need to get what work, make our transformation work within the day parts that we're in today. So breakfast is not something we're thinking about But a today. brunch sounds kind of like be. California, a little, you know, a little champagne. Do you serve wine in location? We do. Yeah. We do. In yeah. fact, we've upgraded, you brought that up, our whole beverage platform has been changed to unique ingredients in terms of our signature cocktails, which are not a bunch of syrups, but they're natural products. Uh, so this is sort of, again, that whole California piece. Um, and then we've broadened our wine list quite a bit. Many wines by the glass, priced them appropriately. And, you know, we've had phenomenal success growing our beverage sales. And do you even look at, like, sourcing products than there are really California products? We do. In fact, we try to source as many ingredients as we can from California. And there's a whole strategy and vision around what's California, what's California creativity, how do we bring that to market. But I did want to say one other thing. You know, when you talk about hospitality, one of the things that we really, when, uh, when you think about people having a voice and having collaboration. One of the things I did was try to understand what works, what doesn't work, and went around the whole country and talked to over 5,000 of our employees about, we called it the Y Tour. I was telling them why we're doing what we're doing, but asking their input. Yeah. How that. soon did you do that? Um, I did that a little over a year after I was there. Yeah. Uh, I first did two tours with our managers. You, yeah, I mean, right away, you, do, you must have, within a week or two, you, you probably jumped on planes and started yeah. going, seeing the operations, because that's pretty critical. First thing was to, to, to talk to managers general managers, then to talk to all managers, and then I talk to employees. But but what I really found out was, you know, there's there's ways that, from a hospitality point of view, um, we, we create a very robotic approach. So it was a sequence of service. So steps one through nine, how do you deal with the table as a server? And so from my perspective is, let's throw that out for the minute, because we really need to understand there's a beginning, middle, and end to an occasion. And there's time and occasion. People are there for lunch, for business lunch, or they're there for a date night, or they're there with their family. You don't treat them all the same. Right. And so what we wanted to do is bring that freedom back to our servers and personality, which fits with California. And really come as you are, and we gave them guidelines around what is, should hospitality look like. And the best example I could give you that I learned is, you know, if you think about um, hospitality and you're doing bringing someone to your home for dinner, how would you act? Mm -hmm. And I go through this whole series of what happens when they ring the doorbell. What do you do? How do you, what does your house look like? Go through this whole series and starts to try to resonate with people from what does that experience look like? And that's really what we tried to do. And we're still working on that. That's what we call it our high five hospitality. It's not uh, going to happen overnight because servers that have been around a long time are used to doing a certain way. But it's, it's something that really creates that human element and brings that genuine connection with your guests that I think is ultimately important. And the same thing is I may not you know you're Jeff, mm -hmm. but I recognize you and say, hey, are, you were here a couple nights ago and you had X, Y, and Z. Would you like the same? Yeah. That experience, what will that do for you? Oh, huge. Think about your favorite restaurant. That is absolutely is huge. So that's what we're trying to create. It's not easy when you have 280 restaurants, but that's a huge difference from versus where we had lost. Because today, our guests and any guest that's going out to eat expects more. The food has to be good. Mm -hmm. Just by, by what you do, you have to elevate your game there. But the difference is hospitality. So that's an element we're working really, really hard. And, and, and that's, quite frankly, something Let me ask that we you this last question. What is your favorite job? I mean, because I'm sure you put the hat on. Um, what's your favorite job inside California Pizza Kitchen? 
my favorite job is really um, inspiring our people to, uh, what I like to say is get them to exceed their own expectations. Leadership's about getting people to exceed their own expectations, and that starts with getting them to believe in themselves more than they probably ever thought they could, and that's by making a positive influence on them every day. So it's getting out there, being with people. Um, I can do all the rest of the stuff, but that's what I like to do, and I think that's, that's um, one of the best things a leader can do. Well, they certainly come through as being genuine. You've done that in the past, and you certainly seem to be doing it here, and you've exceeded my expectations. Thank you. And we've exceeded our time. All right. So I've got to wrap things up. I could sit here all day. TJ, it's been a pleasure. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Fortinet. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned, and I learned a lot. I've talked to GJ a couple different times. I've had him with me at our shows at the C-Suite Network, and every time I've walked away being very impressed about what a humble guy this is. Now, he likes a little flash, no doubt about that, as we learn from some of the things that we talked about. But more importantly, the first thing he did when he took over at California Pizza Kitchen, he went around and started talking to the employees. He got down, you know, in the kitchen, and he got into the restaurants, and he talked to the people. He did walking around by management. How many times have we heard that? That's what I like about this guy. He gets in their face, and he starts talking with them, and he learns the business from inside out. So yeah, there might be a little flash, a little good look in there, a little a little nice Gucci boots from time to time, but there's nothing wrong with that when you're in there doing the hard work and he certainly paid off. So this has been Jeffrey Hazlett and this is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on Play.it. most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.